and welcome to Labors in the Harvest with Kevin Folger. This podcast is a weekly conversation about the gospel and the work that God is doing through those who labor for him. Kevin Folger, your host, is a man with over four decades of ministry experience. For 41 years, he served on the pastoral staff of Cleveland Baptist Church in Cleveland, Ohio. He currently serves as a North America Director of Spiritual Leadership Asia, a ministry that assists those endeavoring to preach the gospel and plant Baptist churches in the 1040 window with a particular focus on Asia. Now here's Kevin with this week's Labors in the Harvest podcast. Thank you for joining me today on Labors in the Harvest podcast. This is Kevin Folger, your host, and uh, we're so grateful that you have taken time uh, to be with us today, whether you're a first-time listener or a long-time listener. We're just grateful to have you as uh, part of our podcast today. I'm excited in particular about today's podcast because I'm going to be speaking and having a conversation with my friend and colleague in the ministry, Dr. Paul Chappell. Dr. Chapel, of course, most of you would be aware, is the president of West Coast Baptist College and pastor of the Lancaster Baptist Church, both located in Lancaster, California. Dr. Chapel has uh, many years of ministry experience. Uh, he travels extensively, preaches in many conferences, besides uh, overseeing the ministry there in Lancaster. Beyond that, he's a prolific author. The Ministry of Striving Together Publications is part of the ministry of Lancaster Baptist Church. That particular ministry has uh, been so beneficial to independent Baptist churches, perhaps others as well, but primarily independent Baptist pastors and churches with with Sunday school curriculum, uh, all kinds of discipleship and devotional material, plus some wonderful music that's been put together by West Coast Baptist College music groups. Dr. Chapel has uh, been a friend to many, and he's got a great heart to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And today in our podcast, we're going to be talking about his journey in ministry, how God brought him along to where he is today, and uh, perhaps some things that we'll discuss today will be things that you would not hear in a, any other venue. So we're grateful to have him as our guest. Dr. Chapel, thank you for joining us today. Well, it's my joy to have uh, with me on today's uh, episode of Labors and Harvest a good friend, uh, Dr. Paul Chapel, for the Chapel, thank you so very much for joining me today, and it's uh, really a, an honor to have you on the podcast. It's my honor to be with you. I sure appreciate you and your friendship. Well, um, this uh, podcast really has to do a lot with uh, just ministry journeys, and uh, I want people to understand that the people who uh, are in ministry sometimes they're were looked upon maybe from the outside. If somebody's thinking about it. Could I really do this? Could this be my life? Um, could God do something with me? So I like to people to tell their story. Amen. All right. So if, if I can just kind of start, um, for most people, you know, somebody that would come to Lancaster Baptist Church or uh, would see you maybe in a conference, uh, you know, there's a uh, probably a, a perception of, of uh, who you are and, and what kind of man you are. But in, in reality, sometimes I think uh, perception and reality uh, sometimes are two, the same thing. Sometimes they're not. What, what do you think uh, people would think? Uh, I mean, if, he, if you're just being honest about who Paul Chapel is, what, what would you tell them? <laughs> uh, well, I think, I think like many of us, I would just say I'm a sinner saved by grace. And uh, I, 
you know, I, I grew up in a pastor's home. I've, I've been around and in the ministry all my life. Um, but, you know, being around the ministry, you, you still have to cultivate your own walk with God, your own values, your own your own family life. And in those areas, the Lord's been so gracious and and uh, allowed me to to uh, marry way over my head uh, to raise four children that are they're all serving the Lord uh, for which we're very thankful we have 11 grandchildren um, and you know it we're just we're just folks that the Lord has uh, chosen to use and we have our ups and downs we have uh, our disappointments just like anybody else we've had great ministry successes we've had great ministry heartbreaks and I would say that probably uh, the larger ministry grows maybe the more potential for heartbreaks uh, but we've had both we've had uh, times of health and times of sickness in our family you remember visiting us when Larry had mm -hmm. cancer out there in Hollywood um, we've you know we've had uh, just a, a wonderful journey at Lancaster Baptist Church for which we're very very thankful and uh, we're coming up this this next year will be our 35th year here and uh, we've we sure thank the Lord and give him the praise for all that he's done well you you uh, mentioned uh, about the uh, ministry sometimes as it grows larger that sometimes there's a, a greater proportion or a greater um, situation where you may deal with maybe more trials why do you think that is well I think part of its volume of just the numbers of people that you're dealing with uh, you're gonna have more sickness more heartache more disappointment um, because of the size of the church. So internally, I think it has a lot to do with the size. Externally, I think there are people that um, for some reason, only God knows, but they, we all evaluate other ministries and we should uh, you know, try the spirits to see whether they be of God. I've often said that one of the strengths, and my mom even said to me, one of my own strengths is discernment, but she said, on the opposite of side of discernment can be a critical spirit. And she warned me against a critical spirit. And I think in our fundamental independent Baptist churches, we have a lot of wise men who have discernment, who sometimes will cross over <laughs> into the critical spirit side. Right. And, and I think sometimes our favorite targets are people that we don't know as well, places that we don't understand as well, or something that's bigger than us. And so maybe that's been a little bit of the reason. I mean, I think a couple of the critics that I've had consistently for 10, 12 years, I've never even met them. Mm. Uh, they've never even been here. They and, wow. and so much of what is said or written is spurious and untrue. And of course, I've just always said, answer not a fool according to, the, to their folly or where there's no wood, the fire goes out. But I think sometimes uh, internally it's because of the size of the ministry and externally uh, because of various reactions from men's hearts that you don't have any control over, you know? Right. Well, you uh, also mentioned uh, about your family. And of course I've had the opportunity to be around your family and uh, you know, you're kind of like me, you're uh, you and your wife, um, like Denise and I were empty nesters at this point. Right. And you know, there's a great joy in every stage of life, but what are you enjoying most about this particular stage of life uh, with your kids grown and your grandkids coming along? I'm enjoying grandkids. Uh, there's something special about uh, how they view a, a papa and a nana, and and uh, ours ours are at a good age. They're between ages of one and eleven, 
So they're good ages for influencing. And so I, I enjoy them. Uh, I'm, I'm enjoying the time that Terry and I have now we've had a little too much of it during COVID. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think she's, I think she, if she was doing this podcast, she'd say, go enjoy some somewhere else. (laughs) 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 But, and I'm, I'm, I'm teasing because during the, the first three or four months of COVID, I'd go home just about every night. We'd have dinner. We'd sit down, watch the news. And she'd look at me and she'd say, I think this is what normal people do, you know, and, she, and we, we loved it. We planted a garden. We, uh, we fixed up stuff around the house. We did all kinds of projects. Uh, but uh, I think uh, just jokingly, I think uh, she'd probably say, okay, go do a preaching trip now or something. So, <laughs> uh, Well, I'm glad you had that opportunity to know <laughs> just a little bit of normal yeah. because I know your schedule sometimes has been crazy. So yeah, it has been, but we enjoy yeah. being together. Um, Terry and I, uh, enjoy ministering to our our family and to our church family, and I'm just really really thankful. And I would say the the empty nest time has probably provided me a little more time for study and and planning. And uh, there's as you know, there's blessings to every season of life, for sure. Well, uh, kind of uh, part of what our our podcast is about again is talking about the the, the journey that God takes us on. Um, from, you know, obviously a point of salvation to the point he places us in ministry, and then we move along in ministry. So uh, if you could, could you just kind of share specifically about your own salvation, uh, when you got saved, and where that was, and how old you were, that kind of thing? Well, as I said, I grew up in a pastor's home, and, uh, you know, you might remember the book, The Ten Fastest Growing Sunday Schools, written by Elmer Towns, and Mm -hmm. I grew up in one of those Sunday schools, and it was exciting. Uh, and I was around a lot of great preachers. And so I think there's sometimes is that thought that, you know, you're saved because you're in the environment. But uh, one night when I was 10, we had the Lord's table and uh, I grew up in a home where uh, and in a church where the Lord's table was was something that was done uh, for the church family. And it was explained very thoroughly who should partake. And, and it was to be a saved, baptized member. And uh, as they were going over the, the requirement of salvation, it just really dawned on me that night that I had never been saved. And mm. so I did not partake of the Lord's table. And then uh, later that night, my parents asked me to come to their room. And uh, they, they said, we noticed that you did not partake of the Lord's table. And I told them that I could not remember really having ever been saved. And so that night, uh, in 1972 in San Jose, California, I prayed at my parents' bedside and asked the Lord to come into my life and save me. And, uh, of course, I was baptized the next Sunday uh, in 1972 and uh, surrendered to preach a few years later at a junior high camp. And so uh, I thank the Lord for his grace in my life. Well, again, the the starting point of salvation for all of us, of course, it's a different different points, but what a blessing that is when we get saved early in life. And uh, not that we're perfect, but it sure keeps us from a lot of heartache if we, we live for the Lord, that's for sure. It really does. And uh, yeah. I, I just, I had my teen struggles. And, and when my parents were missionaries in Korea, I went through a period of, you know, six or nine months of kind of rebellion during that time. And, uh, but I often wonder what it would have been like had I, had I not been saved. And I, I can say that throughout that period, and throughout my life, I felt the work of the Holy Spirit convicting me and drawing me and wooing me. And, and for that, you know, I think we're all very thankful. 
Well, uh, it is, that's for sure. And it's a blessing. So let's uh, talk about a little bit about, you know, your growing up years there. You mentioned being raised in a pastor's home. And um, I'm sure that uh, as I know your family, there were, uh, there was uh, several, of, you had several siblings. Is that yeah, correct? That is um, my, uh, I had, I had three siblings. I have a, a brother that is younger uh, and, uh, and then I have a sister and then I have my youngest brother, Stephen. And uh, all of our uh, family got involved somehow in the ministry. My sister's a public school administrator in Colorado. But um, so we were blessed. And of course, uh, my, my folks had their trials and, and uh, my dad is ups and downs and, and so forth. But uh, they're both elderly now. My mom has uh, uh, Alzheimer's. And so, as you know, it's sad to see your parents hit that particular point of life. Sure. Sure. So in growing up in that uh, pastor's home and uh, were there some changes in ministry? I know that at a point you guys went to the mission field, but your dad pastored. Did he pastor more than one church or? He did. Uh, He pastored in San Jose, California in the 70s. And then uh, we, uh, through the influence of Jack Baskin, who you know as well, my dad started uh, going over to Korea. And that's when we went as missionaries to Korea. And uh, that was, like I said, it was hard because going as a teenager, uh, but but the Lord got a hold of my heart there, and that became an amazing time of growth. We still have some wonderful friends that are Korean, and, and we thank the Lord for what we learned there. Uh, then uh, later he pastored uh, the First Baptist Church of Long Beach. He went there about the time I went to college, so... Okay. Okay. So it, when we talk about that situation where you, you guys moved to Korea and you were a teenager, uh, what made that difficult for you? Well, you know, it's interesting because uh, my dad uh, initially sought approval with the Baptist Bible Fellowship and they would not approve him because, he, uh, as I was told, one of the reasons, because he had teenage children, they, they were hesitant. And looking back, I don't know that I agree with that policy, but I understand it. And that the, the idea is that uh, I was just getting ready to drive. I was just of, of an age to enter into the youth group and do all of those types of things. And then, um, you know, from my selfish perspective, that was all taken away from me and I had to go to a foreign country. And so the problem was really just selfishness on my part. And uh, when I got over that and began to look at the needs of others and the purpose of the whole picture, uh, I surrendered to the Lord at a revival there with Dr. Baskin. And my last few years in Korea, I loved every minute of it. I, I helped start churches and pass out tracts. I traveled several countries throughout Asia. And it, beca- it became a real broadening uh, time in my life. And it's one of the reasons that I still have a great missions heart to this day is really rooted back in that experience. Right. So what uh, was it the revival then at that meeting? Is that really where God changed your heart or was that a work that was kind of in progress that God used some other things? I would say it really was uh, during that revival. Um, I, I specifically remember taking a walk with Jack Baskin up onto a hill. We sat up on top of a machine gun placement that was a relic from the Korean War. And, you know, he basically asked me simple questions. What do you want to do with your life? I said, I want to serve the Lord. And, and then do you think, he asked me, do you think that you're headed in the right direction for that right now? No, not really. And we talked about attending Pacific Coast Baptist Bible College and what that could look like. And, and we prayed together. And, uh, I mean, I still had the regular teenage struggles of life as far as 
um, you know, not always being as as obedient and things as you should be. But but I, I, I was spared from, you know, just ruining things. And the Lord was was working with me. And that was a turning point. And I got I got more involved in ministry from that point instead of just watching my parents. I began to go out passing tracks out and sharing my testimony. And and so that was a turning point for sure. So, you know, we're grateful for God's grace in those matters. And uh, so uh, had you surrendered to ministry prior to that uh, or had you, had you sensed God's call or was it after that 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 took place? No, I, I had surrendered when I was younger um, in about junior high at a camp in Colorado. Um, but that period of time when we left uh, a, a large ministry and, you know, I, it was just. We, I mean, I grew up in a home where one Sunday night you might have John R. Rice at the table, and the next Sunday night Jerry Falwell, and the next Sunday night Jack Hiles, and the next Sunday night A.B. Henderson. And it was just, to, you know, let me say this in the right way. It was an honor, but I began to look at ministry kind of like for the bigness of fundamentalism in the 70s, and I enjoyed the programs, the Christian schools, all that. To leave all of that and to go to a country that didn't even have McDonald's, <laughs> it was total, yeah. total culture shock, you know, and, sure. and, and to leave your sure. Christian school and all these things. So, um, so I, I wasn't angry necessarily at God. I wasn't forgetting my calling, but I got into a, a time of just selfishness to the point that um, I wasn't following the Lord Jesus Christ as my Lord. And, uh, and so that was, that was a time, there's two times really, Brother Folger, when the devil tried to, to, to move me away from commitment. And one was there in Korea. I think, I think there, there would have been the temptation to not go into the ministry. And then later on in my life, when my dad left the ministry under a difficult season and a cloud of circumstances, the devil began to say, well, you know, uh, your dad was a fundamental independent Baptist. Maybe you should be something else. And that was in the early nineties. And I just really recommitted then to being an independent Bible believing Baptist. And, and by the grace of God, I have stayed with my calling and I have stayed with my fundamentalist position throughout the course of ministry. Well, that's wonderful. Well, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this episode if we can at this point, and then we'll pick it up next week uh, at this point. So I want to thank our listeners for being a part of today's uh, Labors and Harvest podcast. My guest has been Dr. Paul Chappell, and we're going to pick up his story next week when we get back together for the next episode of Labors and Harvest. Thanks for tuning in. And if you like the podcast, please share it with others. Thanks for listening. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's podcast. If you've been helped, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Please feel free to leave us a comment and or a rating. If you'd like more information about Kevin Folger, please visit his website, kevinfolger.com. We invite you to join us next time with more conversations with Kevin and his guests as they tell their story of being laborers in the harvest. Thank you.